are listening to the podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello and welcome to the podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood, and today you've got me. It's just me on today's episode. Have you ever had a time where you were thinking about something and it was kind of percolating in your brain and then all of a sudden you're like, I just have to get this out. I have to talk about it. That is what I have for you on today's episode. So as you all know, my favorite topic is advertising and podcast advertising at that. And the podcast advertising landscape is always changing. And so today I wanted to cover some changes that I am seeing in the industry and also some changes that I would like to see take place in the industry. So I want to start by just talking about the history of podcast ads. So when podcast ads started, obviously there was not the technology that there is today. The technology was really that you could record an audio file, that you could host that audio file, and then you could distribute it using an RSS feed. That was really it. And so if advertisers wanted to be included in a podcast, they had to be part of that original audio file. There just weren't any other options for them. And that's what podcasters did. They said, hey, we want your ad dollars. We're going to go ahead. We're going to put your message in our podcast. And to be honest, when I started in podcasting, I was astounded at how few podcasters really understood their numbers. My gut tells me that when podcast advertising kind of came into vogue, many people probably didn't even understand what it was that they were selling. I remember when I started in the industry, I was like, hey, this show is getting 20,000 downloads a month. That's great. We can sell 20,000 impressions. But really, that wasn't it at all. They were only getting the impressions that were in that one episode because the ad was baked in or embedded into an audio file, right? That is how podcast advertising got its start. And there are still many, many podcasts that do embedded or baked in ads, which is something that we talk about a lot. And the reason that these baked in or embedded ads were so successful for advertisers is because of the long tail. So what we find is with an embedded ad, when it comes out, it's not like every single person listens to the episode the day the episode drops. And so when you think about that, you have to think about how people are going to be consuming this episode. They're going to maybe listen the day it drops, maybe the first week, maybe the first month, maybe the second month, right? It just depends on that audience and the way that they consume that content. So the advertisers with baked in ads are pay paying really for the downloads that happen to a single episode within a 30 or maybe 45 day period. But people are going to continue to listen to that episode for months and sometimes even years to come. The other thing with baked in ads is that you might have one episode that just is kind of like a viral episode. It just turns out to be really great content. Maybe there was an outstanding guest. Maybe that particular topic just really hit a nerve with the audience. And instead of getting the typical number of downloads that an episode gets, it got a lot more. And so all of a sudden now we've got this episode that had 
all of these downloads. So there's a lot of advantages to the advertiser with this baked in model. Now in walks dynamic ad insertion and dynamic ad insertion has been around for a long time. I tried to research to find out when it first had kind of really come on the scenes. I know like Libsyn's had dynamic ad insertion for many years. It's not really new technology, but the adoption, the use of dynamic ad insertion technology really is relatively new. I can't remember what year it is um, or was, but I want to say it was probably 2019 where I was talking to some of our agency partners about dynamic ad insertion and they were like, we will never buy dynamic ad insertion. Like it is not going to happen. Now, obviously fast forward a few years and here we are, and there's a lot of dynamic ad insertion that's happening, but dynamic ad insertion really has changed the landscape. And in my opinion, it's changed it for the better. And just to kind of break down dynamic ad insertion, if you're not familiar with the term, essentially what it is, is it gives us the ability to electronically insert ads or really any kind of content into a podcast. So with baked in ads, if you want to take an ad out, you literally have to edit that original audio file, right? You have to take the ad out of the original audio file. With dynamic insertion, because you're electronically inserting it into the content, you can start that ad whenever you want. You can end it whenever you want to. I mean, literally within minutes, you can have an ad up or down. And then you set certain parameters. You can set how long you want the ad to run for. Is it going to run for a week? Is it going to run for a month? Is it going to run in just one episode? Is it going to run across your full catalog of episodes? You can really get very specific about what you want to do with this ad that's being inserted. The other big important piece that somehow gets really overlooked is these ads absolutely can be host read ads. They do not have to be announcer red ads. So you can have a very healthy host red dynamically inserted ad that gets put into a podcast. Now to the real meat of what I want to talk about today. And that is the concept of faked in ads. I feel like faked in ads is something that is happening like widespread across the entire industry and no one is talking about it. It's kind of like this dirty little secret in the corner. No one really wants to bring up what is actually happening. And so I really want to talk about faked in ads today. So what a faked in ad is, it's when you take an ad that is a host read endorsement ad, and instead of baking it into an episode, you put it into an episode and you set the time frame for typically about 90 days. So the ad is going to live in that episode for 90 days. Now, most impressions to a podcast episode are going to happen within the first 90 days. So really like it's very, very similar to a baked in ad. And the issue that I have with faked in ads is that they are being passed off as baked in. So they're dynamically inserted into the episode. They're set in the episode for a time period of 90 days, and then they are removed and they're removed to fill that spot with a dynamically inserted ad that maybe is going to run a little different or with a programmatic ad, which is typically going to be that announcer red ad that is purchased on a trade desk and really is looking at targeting a specific demographic. So the challenge with faked in ads 
is really just that it's not being called out and that it's just not being really standardized in any way. So there's nothing wrong with doing faked in ads. We have shows at True Native Media where we do faked in ads and, you know, not very many, just a couple, but there are certain uh, networks or rep firms that do that practice across the board. We've had some of them here on the show. Um, And I think that it's a great concept. The issue that I have is we have to call it out. So I feel like what is happening is that these podcasts are being passed off as being baked in when really they're not baked in. They're really dynamically inserted. So I wanted to kind of bring up a few big issues that I believe we as an industry need to address head on if we are going to really make traction and really continue to grow as an industry. First, with baked in ads, we cannot continue to sign contracts that say the ad is going to live in the episode forever. That's right. You heard it forever. There are definitely contracts that come across my desk that say this ad is going to be in this episode forever. I think it's robbery, to be honest. I mean, it's kind of like if you rented a room in a house and you were like, hey, I rented this room for a month. That means I can, you know, be in this room for the rest of my life. I'm just going to come and go as I please because, hey, I rented the room for a month. That means it's mine. Just because you buy a baked in ad doesn't mean that you should be able to say this ad is going to stay in here for literally the life of this podcast. I don't think that's okay. And as an industry, I think we really need to start standing up and saying, we're not going to do that. The other thing is, is that really what's happening? Because I think people are still taking the ads out. You know, they're, they're taking the ads out, even though they maybe have a contract that says they're going to be in forever. So why are we doing that? (laughs) Right? Like, why are we doing that? We really should be saying, And even in a baked in scenario that the ad is going to stay in for a certain period of time, and then it's going to be removed, right? Like at some point, if that content becomes what the host is hoping it will become, it's going to continue to gain an audience and the host should be able to remove it, right? Uh, So that's, you know, that's issue number one that I think we definitely need to tackle. Issue number two is I know dynamically inserted ads are not as fruitful for the advertiser as embedded ads are in some cases, not in all cases. Now, obviously we run hundreds of successful dynamically inserted campaigns, right? At True Native Media, I would say 75% of our shows do dynamic ad insertion and, you know, continue to get success um, and continue to get renewals from advertisers. So obviously that show is really creating real results for advertisers. And we hear stories, right? We hear stories about advertisers seeing really high conversion rates. So we know dynamic ad insertion is working. I think the challenge is that we don't have a good kind of ironclad playbook for how to make dynamic ad insertion successful. I think that we really need to be looking at things like the flighting of campaigns, the frequency and frequency capping, the rates that we're paying. Because when we look at baked in ads, it makes sense that if, hey, you're going to take this spot for 90 days or 120 days, that you should pay more for it because you are going to get more impressions than you would if you were running a dynamically inserted ad, right? So I think that that is certainly something that we need to consider. Uh, The other thing that is super important in all of this is that, you know, if we are looking to do frequency capping, I think that it's important that we lean on the technology 
technology side of the industry and really put pressure there for them to create the technology that allows us to do frequency capping. There are a couple of hosting providers that allow you to do frequency capping, but most hosting providers do not have that technology. The other thing that I think is really important is that when we look at the attribution tracking companies out there, that we're really analyzing how accurate they are. We had a campaign that ran toward the end of uh, the year last year, and it said that it had a frequency of 29. So this campaign ran for a two-week period. It had a frequency of 29. So that would, would have to have meant that a large majority of their audience listened to almost 30 of their episodes within a two-week period. That's not going to happen, right? Like something is wonky when that happens, like something is off with the software. So, you know, I I bring that up just to say that I don't think we can lean 100% on some of our attribution partners to say their frequency capping is spot on. That's one example that I'm giving you, but we have had others as well where you're like, that frequency is just not right. Like there's just no way that's what happened. So I think that it's really important with frequency that if we're going to be leaning on frequency to be an indicator for success, we have to have the technology that can actually create that. So that's really, really important. Uh, But coming together as an industry and being able to share best practices for dynamic insertion, I really believe is going to help all of us. Because when we think about dynamic ad insertion, we know that we've got a lot of direct response advertisers that are still leaning heavily in that space to really try to make that work. I also think that as we're going into a slow economy, it's important for us to continue to really give that love and attention to direct response advertisers because at the end of the day, if we're going in it into a down economy, they're the people who are going to continue to advertise, right? Because if they see that they're getting a return, they know that it makes financial sense for them to continue to invest. So I think that's really important. I also think that when it comes to faked in ads, we really need to be transparent as an industry. If we're running faked in ads, we need to call out that we're running faked in ads. We should not be pretending that these are baked in ads when in fact they're not, right? There's nothing wrong again with faked in ads. But number one, you know, I have heard the term used and I obviously am adopting it. But not everybody uses that term. So if you were dynamically inserting ads, leaving them in episodes for a time period, we should all agree that they're just called faked in, right? Like when it comes to the industry, it would be so great if we could agree on some commonalities. And then secondly, I think, you know, when it comes to commonalities, it would be really nice if we could all agree Should it be 60? Should it be 90? Should it be 120? Whatever the number is, let's agree that a faked in ad is defined as X, Y, and Z. And then let's all use that just for the sake of cohesion. Because as we're going out and we're talking to advertisers, if we can all try to be on the same page, it's so super helpful. So I think that that's really important. And then also, I think that we need to realize that there is a ton of value in that dynamic 
audience, right? There's value in those impressions and there's nothing wrong with selling faked in ads. And there's also nothing wrong with selling the back catalog and selling impressions that are coming in. Um, and I, I would want to conclude with the fact that programmatic is a very important piece in all of this. Programmatic is that technology that allows us to insert those announcer red ads, you know, really from a trade desk buying perspective. And it fills the cracks because right now there is not good technology out there that allows us to do any sort of forecasting. And as long as we don't have good forecasting tools, it makes it really difficult for us to anticipate the number of impressions that are going to be delivered. We should be able to go in and set up a campaign and say, these are the parameters of this campaign. This is when it's going to run. This is the position it's going to run in. This is the priority it's going to run in. This is the frequency capping that we're creating. And then the software should be smart enough to look back at historics and say, if you want to do this, our prediction is you're going to get this many impressions. And right now that just doesn't exist. And because that doesn't exist, it makes it really difficult for us to accurately project how many impressions we're going to be delivering. So in many cases, we're just kind of questioning, you know, or guessing, estimating what we believe can be delivered. And then of course, over time, we're tracking the delivery and we're seeing, yes, this show can comfortably deliver this number. That's what makes sense for us to sell it at. But I think if we had an estimation tool that would make a huge difference and really help us to better forecast. The other thing that I do want to mention is that Right now, we're still really buying dynamic insertion on a flat rate basis. So it's based on a CPM. That's where it's kind of the roots come from is the CPM. But when it comes across on the contract, it's still at a flat rate. It's not at a CPM rate. And I really believe that it would help everyone in the industry if we could move to pure CPM pricing. If we could say, we believe that this show is going to get somewhere between 100,000 and 150,000 impressions in this time period, or maybe it's 100 and 125, whatever it is. And we are going to charge you this CPM based on what was actually delivered. And then the contract comes across and it states that right now the contracts come across and they say, Hey, it's going to be a hundred thousand impressions and it's going to be $3,000. And that's great, but what happens if we don't deliver 100,000 impressions? Or what happens if the show has a really great month and instead of being 100,000, we could have delivered 125,000? We're really missing out on those impressions. And that's kind of where programmatic comes into play because programmatic has that ability to really fill in the cracks. And I wish we could do more of that with those host read ads that are dynamically inserted. All right, there it is. Those are all of my ideas and my thoughts, and I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I hope that it's been helpful, and more than anything, I really hope that it can spark conversation and, and ultimately solutions, because as an industry, we really are headed into um, you know, some more challenging economic times that we haven't really been facing as we've been rapidly growing, and we know that we want to hit plateaus, and I know we can hit those plateaus, and if we're able to come together and really work on how to create commonality and how to create success across the board, right? We want success for advertisers, but we also want to make sure that we're succeeding for podcasters. All of the impressions that they are creating should be monetizable and they are. And so we really need to figure out how to create the environment where everyone can flourish and everyone can win 
I know that we can do it. So I hope that this episode has been interesting, again, thought-provoking. I'm very passionate about the podcast ad space, and I really want us to work together and to just continue the conversation from, you know, anything from the the value of this baked in ad all the way to the technology that's going to help us with advertising. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you again. Thank you for listening to the podcast to advertising playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast to advertising industry. 